0: Good morning, Ohana, and welcome to our first ever live recording of Ohana Church. Um, this week has been up and down and all over the place for a lot of us. And so I just want us to remind, be, be focused on the gospel at all times um, through worship, through singing, um, and through scripture proclamation. So I know our emotions are ha- high, um, our heart is heavy for people around the world, the nation of Italy, the nation of Spain. But let's be reminded of the, the gospel to this morning and also the sovereign God who is creator and sustainer of this whole world. So, um, but as, as we get started this morning, I want to share a little story with you um, that happened this week. We had a, a church, a mission team from Hamama, uh, Hamama Community Church come with us and visit, and they brought um, the ability and skills to show us how to make poi. Guys. This is not my culture at all, but this white, fat boy was out there pounding poi in uh, kahu Zeke 's garage. It felt like for fifteen hours I was out there rolling my wrist all night long and and it reminded me of some truths. it reminded me some truths about the gospel and as we as we study through this book of mark it as as we put the poi back in the middle of the board. You have to look for lumps. You have to look for things in the poi that has to be mashed out. Nobody likes lumpy poi is what I've told. I've not eaten that much poi in my life, but you don't like the lumpy part. So so as we put the gospel in our lives, as as we let the gospel roll over us, let us, let's mold and pound some of those lumps out this morning in order to present the gospel to a dying and a hopeless world. So this morning we're in the book of Mark again. It's Mark chapter 9 and we're going to continue on with the study that we did last week where we saw that John was jealous. He wanted to be the highest ranking apostle. And so if you could with me turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9 verses 38 through 41. And as you stand there today, I just want to, I just want to come across, just remind you of what happened last week. John. John was looking to be the best disciple he could, the best apostle. He wanted, the, he wanted to be the highest ranking person in Jesus' group. And so as we read together this morning, stand with me in your living rooms. Yes, we, we value the word of God so much that so stand in your living rooms and read Mark chapter 9 verses uh, 38 through 41 with me this morning. Mark 9. John said to him, teacher, we saw one casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus Jesus said, do not stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon after speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. And truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink, because you belong to Christ, will by no means lose his reward. Pray with me this morning. Lord, as we look at Scripture, as we look at your word this morning, may we be reminded of what a good savior we have. Lord, may we be reminded of who you are. In the midst of these circumstances going on in the world, we have a sovereign God who is creator and sustainer of all. Lord, so may that wash us this morning. May we may we be renewed in that this morning. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. This morning, the sermon is titled, Together in the Gospel. We're gonna talk about how we are together in the gospel. And there's two realities for us this morning that I wanna cover in this sermon. Reality truth number one is this, following Jesus is bigger than you. Following Jesus is bigger than myself. Following Jesus is bigger than all of us put together. It's bigger than just individuals. And we see that in verse 38 through 39. Let me read that again for us. John said to him, Teacher, he saw someone casting out demons in your name, and he tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon after speak evil of me. Let us look at a couple concerns that we see in these verses. The first concern we see is the, the entitlement factor. We see entitlement happen in the disciples' lives right here. In the, in the verses um, that we've, we studied last week. We saw John who wanted to be the top apostle. He wanted to be the, the head one out of everybody else. He was fighting to be the greatest, to set beside Jesus at the, the throne of God. And then even in the past, as we look back to earlier in chapter nine, we see where John and, and the disciples were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the apostle, the rest of the apostles were gathered together in a, a group and we see that they could not cast out a demon. They, were, they, were, they could not cast out a demon because they had little faith. And Jesus came and cast him out for them. We see that in the early verses of chapter 9. But you see, like, if, if I, if I myself was following Jesus at this time, if I wanted to be the one following Jesus fully... And then I couldn't do works, and then the, a couple of weeks later, I saw somebody else do the exact same work. I would have entitlement issues too. I would have pride issues too. And so we see, John had to feel offended by this. John had to feel the entitlement that comes in this situation that somebody else was doing his work without him. And secondly, we see the exclusive factor when you put a lot of entitled people together in a room you become exclusive you think yourself better than anybody else i know none of us in in this room or wherever you are have ever felt that in your life never felt that you were entitled you were in better i'm at, like i'm pretty sure we have a coach for hilo high who thinks we he the hilo high is the best football team in the state And he's exclusive about that. He prides himself on that. So, and there's things to be prideful of, but this is not one of them. We see exclusiveness in two groups of people here. The first, we see exclusiveness exclusiveness in John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a minister that pre came before Christ. He was a forerunner of Christ. And John the Baptist preached the gospel. He re- preached repentance. But what some of us don't know is that John the Baptist had followers. He had a ministry working. He, it wasn't just about himself. He wasn't just pointing everybody to Christ. He was, he was pointing people to the gospel, which eventually pointed them to Christ. But his followers knew about Christ, but, but they didn't follow him directly. And then we also see the past followers of John the Baptist here. J- Jesus handpicked two of the disciples from John the Baptist's following. Did you know that? That John the Baptist had two of the, fo- two of the apostles in his teaching. John the Baptist wasn't a heretic by any means. John the Baptist was preaching the full gospel of Jesus Christ and, 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 preach and letting people do ministry outside of his bounds. You see, the, uh, the brothers Andrew and Peter were both John the Baptist disciples when Jesus called them when they were fishing. And so this individual who was healing, this individual who was casting out this demon was most certainly one of John the Baptist's followers. He was one of those that was under the discipleship and lineage of John the Baptist for probably many years, but he was in no part of Jesus's inner circle and that bothered the disciples that bothered the apostles because they did not like other people doing what they were supposed to do. They did not like not being able to do what other people could do. Have you ever been a part of things like that where you can see outside that I have the ability to do that, but yet I cannot because the exclusivity of that. So here's a biblical truth for us this morning following jesus will always include others following from a different theological and ministerial backgrounds the key that joins us together is the gospel so listen to this it, we have people in ohana church and i know people from all around the world might be watching this this morning but people in Ohana Church have different theological preferences. We have different theological backgrounds. If you set me and Kahu Zeke down in the same room, we would differ on a couple of issues. Now, but what remains important is that we agree on the gospel. We agree on the primary functions of Christianity that doesn't make Ohana Church a cult or anything else. That is in the, that is in our circle of truths that we learn about in our next steps class. So the key of all of this is that we together points us to the gospel, that together it points us to the gospel. The gospel is not exclusive, it's inclusive. Listen, if the gospel was exclusive, none of us would ever make it. The gospel has to be inclusive for for us sinners, me, myself included, you yourself, to make it. If Jesus wasn't inclusive, there's no hope for all of us. But the true gospel results in three things. Listen to this with me. The true gospel results in three things. First, spiritual diversity. Secondly, spiritual maturity. And thirdly, spiritual unity. You cannot have true gospel presence without having spiritual diversity, spiritual maturity, and spiritual unity. It comes in all aspects of life. But listen to this. We're not the only people that have struggled with this. I know we struggle with sometimes with diversity, especially in this day and age, we struggle with diversity. A lot of us struggle with maturity. We always err on the side of being immature other than being mature. And lastly, we like to be divisive. We are a divisive people that doesn't strive for unity. We would rather bang fist than hug. We would rather bang faces than, than kiss each other on the cheek. So, but Peter also struggled with this. Listen to this. Galatians 2, 11 through 14 says this. was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I, I said to Cephas before them all, if you thought a Jew lived like a Gentile and not a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? All right, let me put this in context. If you're in a group of people and you're flying down the highway... If you're speeding like crazy, as a Christian among non-Christians, and then you see the police come out, and then you back off like, you're oh, I wasn't a part of that group. This is the same thing that, that Peter was doing, that Cephas was doing. Was he, was he was backing away saying, wait a second, I'm not really a part of that, even though I was enjoying it for a season. I'm no longer a part of that because I'm better than that. This is what this passage is saying is that it's, it's, it's something bigger that if you're having to pull back, if you're not, if you're not connected in that way, then you're going to, if you're following, if you are making people stumble along your path, if, if there was a Christian in that group of people and they were like, well, this Christian was doing it too, that's sin. And see the gospel is bigger than you. So follow, with, follow this, the gospel is so much bigger than you or I could ever be. So following Jesus is bigger than myself. I have to put people ahead of myself. I have to sacrifice things in my own life for the betterment of others because Jesus is bigger than I am. It's more than just what I want. It's more than just my preference, which, which leads us to reality truth number two this morning. Reality truth number two, following Jesus is bigger than your church. This might hurt for some of us. This might hurt for a lot of us. It is bigger than this church. It's bigger than this body. It's bigger than Kahu Zeke or Kahu Marcus or the Alakai team. Whatever you want to put there, following Jesus is bigger than our church. It's bigger than the community that comes out of our church. The remaining of the verses says this, let me remind you, verse 40, for the one who is not against us is for us. For truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Connie's always said it like this, you can either get on the truck or get out of the way because it's going to run you over. There's a lot of sayings like that, get on the bus or move out of the way, we're going through. If you don't hop on the boat, you're getting left behind. This is what it's saying that is bigger than us. If we as a church don't live out on mission, we'll get left behind. The illustration this morning is, is like even my life. I can see this in my life. That when you make church such a big priority, your local church with a uh, lowercase l you'll get left behind. Throughout my denomination as a child, you could see this. It was all about their local gathering. It was all in solar. When I was in high school, I had debates about people that that thought that they were the only ones that were gonna enter the kingdom of God. They thought it was only gonna be their local church because nobody else was official enough. No one else trusted the same gospel that they did. In fact, even when I was going through that, I would say we were the only right church. We were in solar. Like we were so focused on myself that I didn't even see the outside world. I was almost to the point of being a monk inside of Tennessee because we wanted to be by ourselves so much. And then I started hanging around our crazy Hawaiian pastor for a little while. And I began to realize that there was joy in in ministry among many. There was joy in ministry among a lot of people coming together and worshiping the same God. Because if we put our preferences above the gospel, then we're in sin. If we put our preferences on the gospel or what we think the gospel is, if we put our preference of theology in place of the gospel, then we are not living what Christ called us to do. We are not living out the mission that God has intended for us. So we notice that that I noticed that when we make ourselves diverse, when we branch out, we see a pure, genuine, biblical love of the gospel. That's like for me, the first time I've ever been a part of functions of a different denomination was when I moved here. I've never been a part of different things than when I moved here. But here's two things we should hold on to this morning. Out of this, there's two things that I want us to to hold on to. Number one is we should find joy and comfort and partnership with our gospel-centered churches. We should find joy and comfort in our partnership with other gospel-centered churches. Verse 40, the one who is not against us is for us. On Tuesday night, we had, like I said, we had a Hamama Community Church with us. There's they're br- my brothers in Christ. I love them. But there's things culturally that I would not do with Ohana Church because we're in two different regions. We're, we're two different places. There's things that could be successful there that would not be successful here. While there's things that we do here and we love and we we. Th- we flourish in that could not be successful there, so but there 's partnership there 's joy in learning about uh, what they 're doing there 's hope that we can pray, it sharpens one another it we we see the gospel lived out, it makes us bleed the gospel like it was such a joy. I mean, we can even see this in Pastor June, when he came a couple weeks ago, even though he struggled hard to preach in English, what a blessing that was. What a blessing it was to hear somebody struggle for the sake of gospel unity and partnership in the gospel. So, so when we see this, I mean, that is what it's about. That, that those who are not against us is for us. So if they're not promoting evil, they're for us. Philippians two fourteen through 16 says this. Do all things without grumbling or dispute, that you may be blameless and innocent. How many of us have failed in this already? Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Who would agree that we lived in a crooked and uh, corrupt generation. A crooked and twisted generation. We see it all, um, all around us. But as I press forward. Among whom you shine as a light to the world. Holding fast to the word of life. So that in the day of Christ I may be proud. That I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Our prayer should be that we could be that light to our community. Even this week, as, as everything's being shut down for this virus, as everything, there was, there was people breaking into Prince Coheal Plaza just to kill, because they were bored. I don't know if you heard about that, but there was young kids. But our gospel light should bring salt to that. If you have an open wound and you, you put salt in it, who's ever done that before? It, it burns a little bit but it's, it's purity. It, it causes purity. And as Christians, our life should promote purity among our community. Secondly, the second thing we should, we should hold on to from this is we should find joy and comfort in our partnered churches who has and ha- who are blessing us. Verse 41, for truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. As Ohana Church, we have been blessed in many ways. We have been blessed with partnerships that went above and beyond what our calling was, what what the requirement they initially gave to us was. But, when we have those partnerships we, we we get to see their generosity we get to see their love we get to see their grace we get to see something better than just what is required of them but get to see them love out of the gospel of Jesus Christ so i have so a couple of our partners just over the years we have hope church Hope Church that planted us. We have um, Rush Creek and Mauberly and, and Green Acres Baptist Church that have come alongside us. We've had the Southern Baptist Convention and Nam, who we're about to give all of our Easter offering to. All of it, 100%, is going to go to the North American Mission Board. More recently, we've seen people like Acts 29. We love our Acts 29 brothers, um, especially X29 Hawaii, and we see that in Harbor Church and Daybreak Church and Victory, along with Pastor James Sharoma, who's been blessed by Pastor James Sharoma coming recently, and even Kinoli, our local churches, Puna Baptist Church. If y'all didn't know, they fed every preview meal when we first started. When we launched out of the church, they fed 200 people every month, for, for our services. Kino Oli Baptist Church. Connect Point Church. Berean Bible Church. The list goes forever. And internationally we have Pastor June. We have all of our Yokohama uh, missionaries. We have Pastor June's father. We have Mustard Seed Baptist Church. We have all these partnerships. So we should find joy in them. Listen to me, listen to me. They believed in us because of our vision, not because of what we were capable of, but they wanted to see local people from Hilo, Hawaii reach for the gospel. And so as they partnered with us, much we should find joy in that. We should find satisfaction in that. We should find God's grace and love in that. Romans 10, 12 says this, I'm sorry, Romans twelve ten says this, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. These verses would, would become a reality for the disciples. They would come, become a reality for the disciples in the book of Acts. But they should actually be a reality for our own lives. As we as we partnered with all those churches, my prayer is that someday we can be like those churches. My prayer is that we can be like the Hope Church that, that have sent out hundreds of church plants over the past couple years. My hope is that we could be like Marbury Baptist Church who came alongside and helped us in our, one of our biggest times of need and who continue to bless us. My hope is that we can be partnered in Acts 29. And plant churches all around the world. That, that when local churches struggle like we were when we first started. We could be the people that, that give and give generously to them. Because we have received such a blessing from them. So I'm going to read that one more time. Romans 12.10. Love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor. May we be a church, whatever the last day of Ohana Church is, may this be written on our tombstone. So here's a final thought for us and and we'll wrap this up. Final thought. For us to see the world touched by Christ, we must consider gospel partnerships with other churches and organizations. It's through these relationships that we will see Jesus exalted above everything. So my question out of this is, what is, your, what is your gospel partnerships? Who does that look like in your life? What churches are you partnered with? What organizations are you ministering through? Because we see that if it's through these relationships that Jesus is going to be exalted in Hilo. Ohana Church is not going to be the only one exalting in Hilo. But it's going to be a unity of churches that will, that will break through in revival. Revivals never happen with just one church. It's always happened when people are desperate for God and they want to see each other grow. So why do we do these things? Well, reality truth number one, following Jesus is bigger than myself. All right, this is what I want you to do. Put your hand on your heart and say, following Jesus is bigger than me. Now look to your neighbor and say, following Jesus is bigger than us. It's bigger than our church. See, that's what we have to believe is that the gospel is bigger than me. It's bigger than what I can bring to the table, and it's bigger than what I I can live out of the gospel. The the gospel is bigger than Ohana Church. The gospel is bigger than us individually. Even on the internet, the gospel is bigger than us. Our gospel, our gospel reach is about a kingdom advancing with the leader and lordship of Jesus Christ. So this is how we should respond to each other. Philippians 1, 3 through 5 says this. I want this to be your prayer this morning. Philippians 1, 3 through 5. And I think my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for that that you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. Our prayer life must reflect our desperate need for gospel relationships outside of Ohana church. Our prayer life should dictate our gospel relationships within our, our missional domain or wherever you live. So here's our final challenge. How do we, how do we accomplish all of this stuff? How do we accomplish fighting on the war of this coronavirus with no hope of, it feels like there's no hope for humanity. If you turn on the evening news, it seems like there's no longer hope. But how do we do this? We got to do this together. Me and you have to partner together with the other people down the street watching on their couch. We can't do this alone. It can't be a single person charge. It's a It's a war, not just an individual fight. So how do we do this? How should we respond to this? We've got to encourage each other. We must encourage each other. If we do not, the the line will be pushed back. This battle, this war that is raging on for hope of the gospel in our lives, in our city, in our state will be lost. So we must encourage each other. And so here's the action steps that come out of this encouragement. I got three action steps and then we're done. During this time of quarantine, during this, what we predict as eight weeks, which is fluid right now, because we don't know where God, and I said God is sovereignly taking this virus. But we want you to commit for however long this is to pray for those in your life. We want you to pray and reach out to them. Text them, call them, email them. I don't know, at some point, all that might be shut down. Take a flashlight and do SOS signals across the highway. Do what you have to do to reach out to those people, to encourage them. Ask them how we can pray for you. How can I pray for you individually? Write them down, set them in your calendar, set an alarm, and every day, when that alarm goes off, pray for them. I would re- recommend eight oh eight because it's already a pattern in our lives. But whatever time you think is necessary, make notes, make um, plan for that alarm, and reach out and do that. Action step number two: commit these eight weeks for sharing scripture with those in your life. Scripture is encouraging by itself. Share it with others. Don't keep it in. We are vessels to be poured out, not to intake all the time. So share those eight. Share those verses with the people in your life for the next eight weeks. And then lastly, action step number three, commit those eight weeks to live generously. We want you to give, give, give like you've never given before. And not just to Ohana Church, but through Ohana Church, but through your gospel partnerships. We want you to give when, people, when things come to your mind, like when, when things, I know in this time of season of this virus, there's a lot of elderly people that come to my mind. Stop by, pick them up something from the store and bless them with it. They cannot get out. They cannot have the luxuries that that they used to. So pick something up and give it to them. If, If that comes upon your heart, the Holy Spirit is prying you for something. The Holy Spirit is pricking you. But send out physical or electronic gift cards. Mail out notes. Nothing's greater, I think, than a mailed out note these days because it's intentional. Encourage one another, live the gospel. Stay in community and be a blessing. Let's pray this morning. Lord, you are good. Lord, may we be reminded of the gospel. May we be reminded of your goodness. Lord, may we be reminded that the gospel is bigger than what I can bring to the table. Lord, the only thing that I can bring to the table is the sin that is necessary for the gospel to be redeem me, Lord. Lord, the gospel is bigger than even my fellowship, my church. Lord, the gospel is a global redemption story. Lord, and we just get to take part in that. We get to love people to that. That is bigger than all of us combined, but we get to press that out. Lord, I pray over these next couple of weeks, these eight weeks, however long you, you have determined it to be, Lord, we pray that our gospel presence would not be lost. Lord, we pray against the enemy that would make us think there's no hope. But we place our hope in you this morning, Lord. We place our trust in you this morning, Lord. Uh, the only thing we have banking is you. not in Our wives, our children or a lesser comparison than to what our hope should be in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord, Lord, we thank you for technology this morning that allows us to do this. Lord, there's such a season as this. What a time to be alive that we can do this to honor our king this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.